0: negative (laughs) there you go what's going on motivators Dr. Drill today's the 17th I believe of October really starting to look and feel like fall now today is Sunday and it's a beautiful day yesterday was a little overcast in the morning. Actually, it was nice in the morning and then progressively overcast. And then, as promised, we got some rain steady for three, four, or five hours. Now it's all dry. Roads are bone dry. Leaves are falling. They're, color- they're changing colors. Hope you had a good weekend. Having a good weekend. Um, we had a good one. Got a bunch of stuff done around the house yesterday. Took this uh, bald eagle carving that a good friend of mine had. Picked up up where he's got a cabin. Sounds like in Potter County. Five hours away-ish. It had come into disrepair. Sounds like he had it positioned on his <clears throat> porch of his cabin or somewhere out there. But the varnish was starting to crack off of it. As the UV rays baked it, and the elements just got to it. But the wood is sound, so I completely removed the varnish sanded it off. Wire brushed it a little bit. And I burned some color in. And hit it with another couple coats of varnish. And it is beautiful. So he's going to pick it up on Wednesday. Nice little quick, easy refurb of a job. I feel bad because this gentleman, he wanted me to carve fish on a stringer. So... You know, I'm all about that. Sounds like a fun job. I could probably knock out very quickly, probably in a day. I could rough out some fish in a stringer. They'd look pretty good. Of course, when I think about that, you know, when I think about making all these fish, I don't want them. I I mean, I'm not going to spend hours on each fish. 10 15 minutes, I can knock out each fish, but I don't know. Five, six, seven fish, i got gonna make them hanging in different shapes. You know how fish on the stringer got their curved tails, and they're some are straight, and some are curved, and some are kind of in the midst of wriggling around, flipping out, trying to get off the stringer. And I gotta somehow get a drill a hole in there so that their gill. You know, the string, stringer can go through their mouth and into their gills. Anyway, I feel bad because it's been months that the gentleman put me to task to make that. And although it's a nice little interesting job that I'd love to do, I've been busy doing other things, you know. Story of my life, story of our lives. Because there's, there's just not enough hours in the day. So I did some carving and we cleaned up the house, we got the yard done. I stained the fence. Did a bunch of stuff. Sharpened all my saws, prepared for showtime today. so Right now I'm heading over there to Dublin, Pennsylvania. I'm gonna do put some, a couple hours on that on that bear. Continue to rough them out. Bring up to shape, you know. And last night we went with our friends to the Workhorse Brewery. This is in King of Prussia. Well, it's about 30 minutes away, 35 minutes. <clears throat> really nice place. Okay. Now I mentioned about these breweries. You know, it's crazy. It's a little sad, maybe, but not too sad. Drive by these dive bars, dive community bars slash restaurants, and they might, I'm sure they have their own character, and there's their own spirit and their steady clientele and all that stuff, and I wish them all the best, but when you go to, like, a little shitty dive bar that's been there for decades, and they change very little, and they're kind of just like, you know what, this is what we make, This is the type of beer we serve. This is how it's done here. We serve Yingling and Coors Light and Bud Light and make your mixed drinks and go out, stand outside and smoke cigarettes in the rain just under our porch. It's just like that kind of place, you know what I mean? We're like, that's the people that have been going there, have been going there for, for a long, long time know the bar and it's comfortable and it's got their beer and it's got their food, maybe they make good food too. The difference between that, a micro, that and a microbrewery is significant in my view. Because craft brewing is all about people, local people, taking the finest ingredients and making something uniquely their own. It's it's art. You know what I mean? It's art. So they take all these ingredients and they... They make their beer, and while they do that, they're designing their, their tap room, and you know, their bar, and are, they have local artists come in, and they put murals on the wall, and they'll have food trucks come around, and God, the food trucks at this place were excellent. The food was great. My wife said it's the finest chicken cheesesteak she's ever had, which says a lot, because she is critical of everything, especially food. I should be the first to tell you that Very picky see. So everything was good The food, the fries, the wings The beer, the service uh, Nice Open space, clean Industrial setting, very clean Spacious bathrooms It's evident the care that is being put into This establishment These microbreweries It's impressive It's very impressive Because for decades and centuries, at least the last century, everything has gone to like, all right, you know, i want to get my beer. Hey, give me a lager. Give me a Bud Light draft. This stuff is piss. And the people who drink it just drink 12 packs of cases and just, they're freaking, ooh, it's disgusting, you know? Anyway, that's how I feel. I've talked about this a little bit before, but check out Workhorse Brewery if you have any interest in this sort of thing. It's a little bit out of the way. It's in King of Prussia, but it is back inside a community. And it's like kind of in the back of an industrial park. They have... It's huge. I mean, they have a lot of room. There was a wedding happening while we were there. So just a... Really nice experience. I thought it was great. So we did that and we came back in the rain. Drove home and had some conversations. Watched some... Diners, drive-ins and dives with our friends. And had some conversation. Everybody left around 9 or 10. Then we watched a little bit of... uh, The End of Frontier. I did. And then we watched The Walking Dead... Episode 5, which is very, very good. What's happening now? Oh, they're trying to make their way to the CDC. A couple of their comrades in their little band of a couple dozen or whatever, a couple of them got attacked. One got killed. Another got bitten, was trying to conceal it. So if you get bit by a zombie, you're, you're likely infected, right? So then what do you do? You wait for that person to go zombie on you and try to eat you and infect you. So they had to kill the one person and the other individual. Just said, just let me out here. But they were heading to the CDC. They made their way to the CDC and you know it's all these like in the CDC there were all these uh, entrances and they were gated off with steel gates, impenetrable steel gates and there was one scientist apparently who was in there, like one of the last alive and he said he's going to blow his brains out the following day He couldn't. He kept failing in these experiments. Anyway, the sheriffs, the deputies, and their crew came rolling up in their little caravan, and then the zombies activated, and they barely made it into the out of the grounds before they started getting attacked. My friend Daryl, I think he had a. Shoot one with his crossbow in the head and then he takes the he always salvages the arrow which i think is a pretty cool touch but then the guy they open the gates so that was the last thing so tonight we got to watch another episode of walking dead after sunday night football And now I have the unenviable task of rolling up at the loaves and negotiating all these zombies. And they will have their teeth out, no doubt. up in the lows. A patient that I have. This guy's probably 90. Pushing 90 by now. If he's not there already. He used to call it blows. But I like lows. Yeah, It wasn't zombified this morning. You know why? It's 58 degrees. And people are frightened of the cold coming off of a, an otherwise balmy week and weekend. They're frightened of it. It takes them off their game. You can always be sure. I think it's obvious, but you can always be certain that if you are going to go somewhere to the store or restaurant or whatever, some establishment out there that's desirable, You don't want to have any competition. You head over on a cold morning or an inclement day. A rainy day. Fucking nobody will be around. Because people are largely weak. All right? Our behavior is predictable. Especially these days. So Lowe's wasn't exactly zombified, which pleases me. I was able to get in and out. First of all, on the door, it said, please wear your mask. So that's new, I believe. Because I think they noticed that people are doing whatever the fuck they want. Which is the American way. Right? Really, it's a definition of us, right? Our separation... No taxation without representation. or fighting for our rights and freedom. Really, isn't it about... Just doing whatever the fuck we want. Tell us what to do. So Lowe's is like that. I, I've usually... I've, every time I've had a mask on me. And if I was in a... Let's say an aisle without a lot of people in it. Maybe I'd take it down. Or if i go outside in the garden center open air, right, you know what I mean, we were all habituated to this virus by now. So there was a sign in the front door that said hey, no and you know, wear a mask before entering. Which, you know, still there's a bunch of folks walking around in there, contractor types, who just don't give a fuck. They're just, they work so damn hard. They'll take their chances like they have from the beginning. So, I was able to skedaddle rather quickly, get my shit done. Of course, I bought more than I thought I was going to. Bought some pompous grass. I've been looking at this pompous grass for a long time now. So it is very beautiful stuff. It grows. It's got these big plumes up top. And I want to start grassifying my yard I talked to you about my wildflower concept. Well, I think that I'm going to do this whole pompous grass thing. The far end of my side yard separates my, my our property and my buddy Marcos. And he's he, not going to give a fuck what we do. But I'm going to ask him, hey, you know, proper placement and property lines don't want to any- going to consult him before doing so, so I'm going to put the these here, there, wherever. I guess I should have a markout tech come out before I start digging though, huh? Anyway, I got four plumes of pompous grass. I'm going to put that out where I damn well please, and then we have... Uh, I had to cut some friggin' two-stroke mix from my chainsaws. Been going through gas a lot quicker out there, using this big saw on that big-ass tree. So now I'm going to head on over to Dublin. Stop at the office first, drop off some shit, prepare for the morning. Then I'm, by noon, I'll be standing in the yard in Dublin. I'll spend a couple hours there. PPP up. PPE up make some progress, head home, clean up, plant my pompous grass, clean up again, and plant myself in the friggin' couch. Pop in the office a little bit, so there's going to be a break in our conversation, just for a few minutes, but... I got to tell you, last week was pretty hard on me, it was pretty hard on me, I was, you know, come Friday afternoon, I mean, I pushed all the way through it, but there was aggravation all through the week, little things accumulating, you know. no big deals, everything is small, you know, but it's just accumulations of things working at you, you know, start to get pissed off, aggravated, I'll tell you a little bit about it, I know you like to hear my complaints about shit, as if you don't have your own, right, but let me pop in the office real quick, break Mission accomplished, stopped in the office, I have pompous grass, tickling my neck and back to I pull off Lincoln Ave onto Broad Street. Some people walking around town, taking in the autumn air. Speaking of, I have a couple, uh, puns, fall puns to use. Like, you can say, wow that guy don't look fucking healthy right there. Holy shit. Looks like he's in pain. Uh, so my favorite is, let's give them pumpkin to talk about. Think about that. Or how about... Ah, these leaves are falling for you out there, you know. They're falling for us. What else? Isn't it a gourd just day? How you feeling today, gourd? <laughs> I think this stuff's pretty good, you know. You know, I was on a... Uh, just this morning when I woke up did my little pattern, my check, uh, we got any texts, we got any emails, we got any Facebook stuff, just like, this is my communication for the day, right, you're probably the same way, let me see what's going on, what time is it, what's going on, anybody trying to find me, trying to have any, anything to ask, I had a buddy yesterday reach out, his son loves foxes, and he wants a fox for birthday, for his uh, Christmas rather, so a couple months away. Can I carve his son of fox and how much? So I'd love to do it for this guy. Love to carve for my friends, right? I got a, quite the uh, commission list though. Things that I need to get done. So I gave that to him. I had to address that business. But I'm, so I'm online. I checked Facebook again from not from the app, easily accessible, convenient app on my phone. Now, now I'm looking at using the browser, so I have to kind of, it's a little bit more of an antiquated way to look at the, uh, at the application. So I go on Facebook and there's this joke thing, it's puns and one-liners or something. I've had some good stuff on it and somebody goes on there, they're apologizing, they go, you know... Uh, I'm sorry about the nun joke, I guess, uh, there, I expect people, it might have been stupid, but there were some folks that responded with anger, I, I wasn't expecting that, um, <laughs> I just to, you want to continue to talk about it, like why, first of all, what's crazy is that it's a joke page, and somebody's apologizing for a bad joke, or a joke in poor taste, and, and this other guy jumps on and says, you know, he starts insulting the guys. Crazy, man. The joke page. Even people are arguing on the joke page. All right, let me tell you my plight. Just a couple interesting things that go on. First of all, Friday morning, you remember me saying on Thursdays, I seem to be smoked. Like, I'm going to start, like, super caffeinating or getting more sleep on Wednesday night or something. But I feel I don't feel like it's anything specific I'm doing. I feel like it's... The wear and tear from the week. Just the exhaustion with my schedule. And, uh, you know, just what the week throws at you. And there's a lot. So. I had somebody on Friday morning. So, but on Fridays I rally. I I can typically rally. It's like at the end is in sight, sort of thing. Again, that never used to be my philosophy. I was always, I am, to this day, very, very content with my life. I've got a good life. I'm thankful for that. Got a wonderful family, a lot of friends. So don't don't mistake any of this for genuine unhappiness. Just venting a little bit. Friday comes and I'm kicking ass. Schedule's going well. Appropriately paced, giving the optimal time with people. I had somebody come in, though, and say... Asked me when I was going to get certified in Reiki. Well, look. Never. Okay, if you, think, if you recall... My beginnings in getting into chiropractic and alternative medicine it was back in the 90's I was in the Marines, I was ready to get out I was into health and fitness stuff physical therapy seemed to be the route that I could go in order to get credentialed get a degree and get working then I met a chiropractor and I visited chiropractic college and I was considering all this and I sought to become a chiropractor Before all this, you know, in the in my quest to, you know, pursue chiropractic care, I went out to Indianapolis and spent a couple weeks with my aunt. Who was such a sweetheart of a woman, was my father's sister, and she's just the best. She had been had been battling breast cancer for a decade. Fighting it tooth and nail by every means. She'd done a bunch of stuff on the alternative side. She, of course, had the mastectomy, she had medications, procedures, and when all that failed, she started trying everything. I think she came to a lot of it, it was a learning experience. It was this very spiritual experience. It was like in in the midst of, of her essentially dying suffering and dying from this terrible affliction, she was looking for anything to help. So she smoked weed in sweat lodges, and she tripped out, and she did massage and chiropractic and aromatherapy, and she pursued all these things, and, and a lot of it made a significant impact, positive impact in her quality of life, although ultimately she succumbed to her illness. So I went out there and we went to this, uh, she's like, there's a seminar I want to take, you want to come with me? Alright, so we went, it was called Esoteric Healing, and this is basically Reiki, this is what would become Reiki, or uh, what a a medical offshoot of Reiki, because this is a physical therapist who taught it, and she she taught a little anatomy class and then she started doing energy healing. So like you learn about the heart and lungs and then you would place your hands above somebody's fully clothed body. They're standing or sitting there and you're trying to feel, now that you know the anatomy, a little bit about it. You're trying to trace out the energy. Like what do you, can we feel this? There's a lot of people, uh, they believe that we can feel things. Now you look at science in science, if we get down to our smallest parts, we're talking about atoms and molecules and energy vibrating, right, at various frequencies and intensities, but that's what's going on. So the further we look, the further it's difficult to to truly perceive and understand the foundations of, of life. But we understand quite a bit, and we are energy. We are atoms and molecules, as I said. And if you know anything about that, that's energy, that's vibration. And so various tissue, cells and tissues, organs and systems, they're going to have different vibrations. And we looked at we look at them at a, a gross specimen or of a, of a harder lung that looks one way, and then you look at it under a microscope and you can see Ooh, what is that? It goes even deeper. So there's a lot to know, a lot that we're not entirely sure of. So I would never discount anything, most anything. I'm a skeptic, but I don't completely dismiss anything. I dismiss things, I will dismiss things when people speak very surely of something as though they are certain it exists. But we're not quite, like the jury's kind of out. And Reiki is one of those things. All right. Mind you, another person, a thoughtful person, might even say, well, the jury's out on chiropractic. We don't know exactly the impact of it and how it works. And, you know, there's things that I, I take as a practitioner to be a given, but other people don't feel or believe these things necessarily. So person just matter of factly says, when are you gonna learn, Reiki? Just like that. And I love this person. You know what the fuck are you talking about, man? And I do. Like I'm an expert in human anatomy and physiology, and I'm an expert in chiropractic. And if you wanted to know something about about those things, then you would consult me. But you know, like I teach anatomy on an undergraduate and graduate level. Not to say that I know everything. But I know far, far more than any lay person and most professionals. I've had Reiki done to me, as I said, I took the seminar years and years ago, decades ago. Um, I've pers- I've performed it myself, a rendition of it, and I believe that there's something there, like there's something, some value in just, just paying attention to people, and just caring, you know, but if you think that you're going to hover your hands over an area and perform some sort of spiritual experience I appreciate your intent and your being well meaning but don't assume that I'm don't think that I'm desperate to get a little weekend credential in Reiki to add that to my repertoire it's ridiculous I'm not trying to be soapboxy stuffed up doctor here, but it just, this is coming from somebody who just doesn't really understand, obviously doesn't understand and completely respect my knowledge base and all that goes into being a chiropractor. You know, I had a student the other day, I might have mentioned last week, said something or the week before, said something similar, it was like, uh, you're a chiropractor, right? Uh, yeah, oh, Okay. How many, how many years of school is that? And these are people who are, have actually consulted me and are trying to come to grips with how long they're going to have to be in school to become whatever. This takes about seven years. Undergraduate in three and almost four years. On top of that, chiropractic college. said, it oh. He goes, come on, man. He goes, just doesn't take that long to learn all of it, right? Also, yeah, it does, you know. say so I understand what you're saying. You know, you can adjust your buddy at the, or, you know, make your buddy's bones crack in the gym or something like that if you want, or you have your kids walk on your back, or you can move your own neck and, make, and have it make noise. But there's a shitload of information that, that you need to know in order to be able to do this correctly, safely, And I went through the trouble to learn all that. On top of that, I've been practicing for sixteen years. So so that pissed me off. When are you gonna learn Reiki? Jesus Christ? I'm open to learning all kinds of things, but you know, I'm not in a hurry to take a weekend course to become a Reiki practitioner. Furthermore, the energy, this this the, the thing that, that that I find this ridiculous really makes this in particular ridiculous, is that the energy that I employ in order to provide the experience that I do. You want to talk about energy healing? You know, the lengths that I go to, to despite having my own challenges, my own stresses, for me just to be open to yours and listen to, you know, what's going on in your life and your hopes and doubts and how you're feeling and, like, to care for somebody. I'm not complaining about that. I take that very seriously. And customizing that care and that empathy for each person that comes into my office. They need something a little bit different. So I'm on the stage all day long giving people what they want and what they need. And there's a tremendous amount of energy that goes into that. And it doesn't... At at no point in time is it necessary for me to put my hands over somebody's body and hover like I'm using the force or something like that. I'm loving people. That is... That takes tremendous energy. And it also provides tremendous energy to the practitioner. If the person that is being worked on is being cared for also cares but there's a lot of folks who cannot remove themselves from their own predicament long enough to reciprocate in any way and so it's draining it's the energy suckers will pick at you all day long they'll sit on your chest like like the freaking incubus mythological creature suck the air out of you. Suck the the wind, the, the spirit out of you. So that pissed me the fuck off. And I let it go. This is a very positive interaction I'm going to tell you about right now. Good friend of mine shared with me that there, um... She was... Had, had discovered this suicide prevention video. And... Was eager to discuss it. And she, it was created by a young woman who, um... Tried to shoot herself. Instead, she paralyzed herself. And... Now she's in a wheelchair and she's married, and she's it's her mission to you know put some kind of attention and emphasis on this problem this widespread problem that there's a lot of people out there with anxiety and depression that are struggling with it and have suicidal thoughts. Nobody wants to talk about these things because they're scary and, you know, we all are anxious these days. Some people who are are at the end of their rope, so to speak. So my friend was telling me about this video and showed me a little bit of a teaser for it. She said, I watched it once, uh, but I want to own it. I want to watch it again. I'm trying to get my school to buy the video. The only thing is it's $2,500. And I'm thinking uh, The the, uh, trailer was very Impressive, very compelling And I Was, you know Eagerly watched the video And showed her dealing with these struggles And then um, You know Ultimately trying to commit suicide And surviving it And then that was like her Awakening We call that a very low-bottom by the way, somebody who actually tries to kill themselves, to remove themselves from this earth and just barely survives and is then empowered to change their life like it takes that that much a near death experience, a precipice of death experience to change your you know, your point of view your perspective but now these people want to help other people she talks about another person who tried to commit suicide and she got run over by 50 like I don't know it's, it's after the first one is probably immaterial but like I think said 50 cargo uh, cars from a from a, a cargo train so she was run over and she's just basically like a, a had maybe maybe a little bit of a torso, but she's all fucked up and she's doing the same thing. So these people exist out there and they are trying to carry the flag for why we should stop short of the of that precipice, of that cliff and just realize that Life is worth living, and there are people out here who care about you, and sometimes the world doesn't seem like that, you know? Sometimes the world seems very cold and cruel, and that nobody loves us, and that everything is bad. It's not the case, okay? And you shouldn't have to try to shoot your head off or get run over by a fucking train so that you're a fraction of a human being before you have that epiphany. There are a lot of people who feel like this is it, you know, I just... I can't. I don't want to go on. And you have to honor people feel a certain way. I know people like this. I know people who declare all the time that they wish they were dead. Eating a green paper, pepper, rather. Good vitamins, minerals, good fiber. So this is just something that happened, nothing that's necessarily, it is on my mind because I care about people. this is precisely why it's important, you know, to maintain sensitivity to people, to not be, not turn yourself away from people when they need help. Mm. This is why I love doing what I do, because I have an opportunity to really help people and make them feel good and, and give them a positive experience, something to be hopeful about, that somebody actually cares. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, though, my friends, every frickin' teacher, every doctor, healthcare provider, therapist that you can think of as far as the eye can see, they are in the trenches right now trying to help. And there are days that they get their asses kicked, absorbing all of this, and they, they think about, man... Some days, they they feel like walking away themselves, doing something mindless because they think they might feel that people don't always appreciate the things that they do and the efforts that they apply to help. Sad but true. But it's crazy anyway, and comical. That, uh... It's a little bit comical. And, and tragic that people... Are so despondent. They are so unhappy. That they have to almost shoot their head off. Or get run over by 50 cargo trains... And then they want to live. They want it all back. It's important that there are people like this because then they can tell us, okay, don't do what I did. Learn from my mistakes, please. I know it seems like things are dire and nobody cares you and everything sucks, but push on, you know. Make a game out of this thing called life. Find a way to survive and thrive despite the challenges, and look for opportunities to help people. To me, that's one of the only things that keeps me around, that keeps me motivated, is to help other people. Yes, you ask, you hear me complaining about it sometimes. It's really the best thing going. If you can do something, a small gesture, a kind word, a joke to tell, a favor you can do for a friend, a handshake, a hug, A good meal. These are the these are the best things. Some horticulture, some friggin' pompous grass. These are the best things going. The rest is sucks ass. You know, well, it doesn't suck ass, but life is pain, and we humans are particularly sensitive to it. You know, we're particularly sensitive to pain we can feel and we can empathize. It's not unique to humans. I mean, animals do this too. They care about their fellow creatures. Every once in a while you'll see that a deer and an owl sitting on its antlers or, you know, a a mouse and a cat hanging out. They're not trying to kill each other for this particular moment in time. Or some other creature sparing the next, you know, like, despite that cruel, natural world we often see on National Geographic and stuff, the hyenas feasting on the gazelle, there's a lot of care, there's a lot of love out there, there's a lot of beauty, and we have to go out of our way to find it, it's a quest to find that beauty and to find something worthwhile. And so in that sense, it's a, life is a game, and it's a struggle, and if we didn't have these struggles, I don't know, I think we'd be lesser creatures. So that's all I got to say on that, It's short of an hour, I'm pulling up to my carving site, I'll talk to you guys afterwards. Let's make it a great fucking week, alright? A lot of good out there autumn is here, let's appreciate it, let's see the colors and hear the crackle underfoot, smell those wood-burning stoves, and pull out maybe our long underwear and sit on the couch and watch a good spooky movie, have a nice meal, make some soup, take care of the people that we love, be a good friend. (laughs)